Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, each and every day, we're concerned about health care in this country. Nothing new. We've been concerned about health care for years. And one of the key reasons that healthcare is in trouble is that it's a political football and has been for decades. Political parties treat healthcare as just another campaign issue. It's you and me. It's our healthcare. We pay for it. It's not free. We pay for it. The Canadian Medical Association has for years expressed concerns about the deteriorating reality of healthcare in this country, and the CMA is very concerned now. Take a look at them on uh, Twitter, their Twitter feed. The collapse of Canada's healthcare system remains top of mind. That's what you'll find. Now, to that end, the president of the CMA will be present in Victoria Monday and Tuesday during the Council of the Federation when Canada's premiers and territorial leaders meet. Healthcare distribution delivery is a provincial issue in this country. Dr. Catherine Smart is the president of the Canadian Medical Association. She's back with us on the program. Dr. Smart, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me back. It's good to have you back. Do you get tired of this? Thank you. It's wearying, isn't it, to to just go over the same territory time and again, knowing what's happening, knowing that uh, day by day, incrementally, our healthcare system is failing. It is. It's really concerning. And, and I think what's most upsetting about it is, you know, as you said, we've been talking about these problems for years and we've been sounding the alarm. And ever since the pandemic started, you know, all we've been doing is talking about how strained the healthcare system is. And it's not getting better. And in fact, things are getting worse, which is uh, incredible when you really think about it. You know, we, we managed to go through the pandemic and the worst of it when hospitals were overwhelmed with very, very sick people. Um, and now we're coming out of that phase of the pandemic, but we are not seeing any improvements in terms of how our hospitals are functioning. We've never been shorter staffed. We've seen huge attrition of people from healthcare, massive emergency department wait times, which are then, you know, causing staff to have to be shifted, again, creating cancellations of non-emergency surgeries, so we're generating more backlogs. And healthcare workers themselves are experiencing increasing burnout as they keep going to work in environments that aren't yeah, two Ontario hospitals closed. Two Ontario hospitals closed their emergency rooms because of staffing shortages, and another shortened hours. We're already in a situation where, as you point out, and as we talked about previously, hundreds of thousands of people in this country are not getting the services, the healthcare services, not only that they need, but they desperately need. There are cancer patients who are not getting the treatment that they require because the system is so overloaded. Am I overstating anything? No, I don't think you're overstating it at all. There's many people waiting for very necessary things. Um, there's many people who haven't had very serious things diagnosed because they were waiting for so long and they're presenting with much more severe disease, advanced cancers, things that maybe could have been cured that now won't be. You know, there's no question that people lose their lives in our system. 
because it's not functioning properly. Um, and right now, you know, we're seeing emergency departments. Yeah, we're struggling a little across the country. We're struggling a little bit with the uh, mobile connection, but we'll make it work. We'll. It's no worse than, well, it's not worse than the healthcare system. So, we'll see if we can survive the phone. Um, to be an individual doctor and to go to work every day, seeing patients that you want to help, seeing patients that need help trying to get them into the line for specialist treatment, trying to get them into the line for surgery, trying to get them into the line for health care that they require, must be an utterly frustrating reality, and I just can't get it through my thick skull. Why, for years and years and years, this has been raised, now more so than recently, and I think the situation is more concerning now than it has been uh, for some time. Why is nothing proactive... Or why isn't enough being done, Dr. Smart, proactively? Why do you have to go to Victoria? I mean, you might go anyway, because it's, it's important to be present with the premiers, because they are ultimately responsible for the delivery of health care at the provincial level. But, but why, why does it continue? Do you have any idea? I mean, what's, I'll say it again. Why does it continue? I think it really comes down to political will and whether or not governments are willing to do the hard work it takes to tackle an issue of this scope. The reality is no one's going to solve this in their short term in government. And I think, unfortunately, often politicians are focused on wins and things that either keep them in power or get them reelected. And there's a reluctance sometimes to do the hard work that revamping something like our healthcare system is going to take. And then again, there's the jurisdictional issues where everyone wants to sort of blame each other between the provinces and the feds, and we're not seeing the degree of cooperation or collaboration and willingness to come to the table and dig into this problem that's, that's so serious. But the reality is, if we don't see our politicians starting to work with us on solving these problems, the healthcare system will continue to deteriorate, and Canadians will continue not to get the care that they deserve to be getting. So I think the reality is, you know, the time for action was really 20 years ago. Yep. But the reality now is if we don't do something really urgently, we're going to be really facing a crisis like we haven't seen before. Is it overstating it if I say that cancer patients are getting the care they require, the care that they deserve, because it's just not there for them, and they may be dying sooner than, or dying shouldn't be dying at all, and maybe are, simply because our system is not sufficiently responsive in time. Yes, that is happening. Some people are, when they finally get the test that they needed to diagnose their cancer after waiting for months, sometimes years, are finding they have advanced cancer that's not treatable. That is happening now. Across the country? Yes. So do what do we need to change? Uh, you know, we, we, we hear that it needs more money, the system needs more money, that, and, and sometimes you get pushback from people who are saying, well, you know, we just, you can't just keep pushing money at a system that isn't working. You have to rework the system and then use the money more judiciously. I know that doctors want specialist centers for surgeries and specific procedures. Talk to us about that, please. And does that exist in some parts of the country? When I was living in Quebec, Regionally, there were healthcare centers that you went to. That was your first stop. And there were family physicians there, and then they would direct you out to the specialists. Is that, is that the model, or is there something else 
that would that would work better um, in this country? Because we do have to change things. Yeah, no, our, our model is predicated on the idea that people have a primary care provider that's generally a family doctor who does your ongoing care and helps you find out whether or not you need to see a specialist or need a test and, and sort of acts as the quarterback of your care. Right now, that system is fundamentally broken. One in five Canadians don't have access to that, which makes it then very difficult if you have chronic illness or complex illness to access the rest of the system because the way it's designed, the access point is through those family doctors. The primary care system that they work in has deteriorated over years as you know, governments have not worked with physicians to support the infrastructure of care that's in communities and it's made many people leave that area of medicine. So that needs to rethink. We actually spend a lot of money on healthcare in Canada, but we're not seeing the results that we should be seeing that comparable countries with similar levels of investment are seeing. And that's because we don't have a data-driven system. We don't have accountability in our system. It's not outcomes-orientated. And we don't have any actual centralized planning around things like health workforce, which has led us to the place we are now, which is massive nursing shortages. I mean, there's some health authorities that have thousands of nursing positions that are empty. And, and it's not that, that there's nurses in the queue to fill those because there's been no plan and actually cutbacks on the number of people being trained in things like nursing and medicine over the years. We actually aren't producing enough people to fill all the roles and there's no one actually looking at that or using the data to plan for the future. So there's many, many things that are, that are contributing to where we find ourselves now. Investment's a piece of it, but we actually spend a reasonable amount of money on healthcare in this country, but it's not well organized. The dollars don't follow the patient, and we're not really seeing the quality that we should be getting for the investments that we're making. What would you said just now is so important. The dollars don't follow the patient. The dollars should follow the patient. And I would venture, if I played back for any number of Canadians, what you just said to us in the last 60 seconds, if I said, play that back to Canadians who, if they're asked, you know, what's the most important thing about Canada? What do you appreciate most about Canada? And inevitably and invariably you hear back, healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. If I played back what you just said, that would cold, throw cold water on that, yeah, we appreciate healthcare most because healthcare is not only under duress, it is in serious trouble in Canada. So, Dr. Smart, when you, uh, when you appear representing the Canadian Medical Association, your members, and by extension, the interests of Canadian patients, 20% of which don't have, uh, or 20% of whom don't have a uh, family doctor. What's the message that you deliver? And do you feel sometimes like, I've done this before? (laughs) Yes, I do feel like that sometimes, but I I think the message is really quite clear. It's really about the fact that we need our leaders to listen to what we're saying and to really get serious about not only talking about healthcare, but taking steps towards the actions that need to occur to modernize our healthcare system. It's not as simple as just saying we need more money from the federal government. That alone is not going to solve the problem. So to me, what would be a win on next week would be if the premiers emerge from that meeting and they say, we've heard healthcare providers, we recognize we are at an, an unprecedented crisis. We have burnout, staff shortages, a broken system. It needs to be modernized. And we're willing to work together to learn from things that are working in different parts of the country, to collaborate across provinces, to collaborate with the federal government, to come up with a plan 
of, of a short, medium, and long-term plan of the steps that need to happen to get our healthcare system back on track and to make it sustainable for the people that work in it and for Canadian patients. And and then to actually map out what that's going to look like and, and make those things happen. I think that's, that's really where we are. We need to see more than just talking and we need acknowledgement that it's not only about money it's about modernizing a system for 2022 and having a plan about what that's going to look like over the next six months two years five years ten years and start that plan yeah tell them it'll help climate change sorry the cynic in me sometimes can't be quieted um (laughs) you need some support doctors and nurses in this country need backup. You need the people of Canada, the patients of Canada, whose health care is compromised, to back you up. What can we do? I think it's really important that Canadians speak to their politicians, both to their MLAs and their MPs, with this message, you know, that this is not acceptable, that they want politicians to list the healthcare professionals and to do the things that we're asking them to do and, and to send that message. I think that's really critical. I think part of our challenge in this country is people have almost been conditioned to accept a mediocre healthcare system. And they do it with sort of that Canadian politeness of, oh, I don't like it, but okay. And I think we need to move past that. We need to get active. We need to make our voices heard. And we need our politicians to realize this is a top priority and that we're ready to do the work if they're ready to be with us and and heading in the right direction. Yeah, we're a take a number society. You know, we take a number and then we sit down and wait until our number's called. And then we get up and we go to the front of the queue and we do what we're told. This is a time when we have to stand up for our family members, for our friends, for our fellow citizens, and understand, as you said, I'll say it again, 20% of the population doesn't even have a family physician, so the healthcare system breaks down at the very first link for 7 million plus Canadians. Unacceptable. What's the first thing, what's the first step, the first move that can be made, assuming you can get them to say, to commit to do something meaningful. What's the first meaningful thing that can be done to start this healthcare system headed in the right direction? Well, I think there's several moves, but I think, you know, one of the critical things that needs to get back on track is is primary care because it's so essential for Canadians for so many reasons. And when that system's not working, it has impacts everywhere else. So I think we need our politicians to understand that the existing models of primary care are not working. They're not retaining doctors. They're not working for patients. And there's things that they could be doing now, looking at payment models, how physicians are remunerated, the infrastructure costs, providing supports for those that would start to make that area of healthcare sustainable in. And I think that would then allow us to retain people in family medicine to keep our newly trained family doctors actually looking after patients longitudinally. And if that could shift even in the next few months, I think that would make a big difference. But there's you know many things on the list, but that's certainly one of the top issues right now. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.